God forbid something happens to me and I die, I can't be like I can't be the owner of everything. So exactly. I want the trust to own the LLCs, right, which yeah. own the real estate. So it's more about estate planning for me, not necessarily about being hard to find. But Delaware is an interesting state because they have anonymous LLCs there. So let's say you wanted to open up an LLC in Delaware. Yep. You open it up at whoever organizes, quote, the LLC. They're off the record anyway. Mm-hmm. It's the address in the state, which can be an agent for service or process that you pay like 50 bucks a year for to just forward the mail to you. But they will never know who owns the LLC. Unlike California, where you look at them, like the, the CEO, the president, or the mm. operator, the members, and the, managers, the managers, stuff like that, on yeah. and LLCs and companies and everything else like that. You don't have that in Delaware. So unless you have the entity documents, which are not public, you never know who owns it. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, relax your mind, and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. All right, now that we're recording, welcome back. Episode three. You've gotten some... No, uh, no, no, no. Episode episode four, four, I was here for the Andy the New Win. Okay, yeah, we're not counting Tim's episode though. We're right? not counting Tim's episode. And that we're not, was and we're not awesome counting the episode video. where you dropped the the f bomb too many times. <laughs> I have I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay, so we're not counting that episode. So, all right, well, maybe like four. All right, so a lot's happened, man, since since uh, you were last here. But the economy, brother, has been has been an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. And Jamie Diamond pulled the ultimate flex today. I didn't hear about this. Yeah. Tell me about I it. I know you didn't hear about it because I didn't tell you. Okay. And you don't watch anything to do with financials. So. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> we, yeah, we could talk about uh, Biden trying to move forward with canceling some student loan debt. That's not going to happen. It's it's uh, unconstitutional. Yeah. We can talk about it if you want, but it's not going to happen. I know. It's, I've, it's seen your, I, I've, seen, I've seen your videos. My videos on social media that you don't have? No, the ones that you send me. Bro, I don't send you. Stop. I don't send you videos of myself. That's arrogant. I have other people send you videos. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what did Jamie do? So Deutsche Bank came out uh, not too long ago and they were like, you know, I think I think we're headed towards a recession. It's, it's probably past past the point of no return. Mohammed mm-hmm. Al-Rain came out and this guy, he called the Great Recession well before it started. He's well respected. He was at PIMCO and I don't think he's there anymore, but he's, lo- he's local. He's Newport Beach. Well-respected economist. He came out and said, we're in stagflation currently and holding off a recession is probably improbable. Mm-hmm. But uh, on the episode before this, it's actually going to drop, I think, at the end of this week. I talked about how uh, we were, we're currently in stagflation. Mm-hmm. This is what everybody's been calling it. But Brian Moynihan, CEO of Bank of America. Right. Smart guy, banker, right? He's a quant. He's, a quant. he's like all about numbers. Came out and was like, yeah, I don't think consumers are really, really hurting right now. <laughs> 
how out of touch. Yeah, bro. <laughs> it's, it's, if, if I got paid his salary, I'd be saying the same shit too. Yeah, yeah. You know, somebody bring me a cognac. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but he was clearly out of touch. I mean, he's at some one of these like banking conferences where everybody there is just bawling. Yeah. And and he's he's interviewed by this dude who's clearly like fanboying out on him. But he's like, yo, the consumer's okay. And he cites all these numbers. They got more money in their accounts. They got mm. They've, you know, the debt loads kind of leveled off, which is not true. Right. But whatever. And, you know, I took disagreement with, with the podcast before this you know, where I did a solo on it where I was basically just calling him out as being completely fucking wrong. Right. So Jamie Dimon comes out today. Oh. Jamie Dimon comes out and says, we got about six to nine months left before consumers start really feeling the impacts of this recession. Oh, wow. So he's already oh. calling it a recession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He pretty much is like, I heard you, Brian. You wrong, Brian. Let me tell you why. Brian. Right. And and just went out and said it. And of course, when Jamie Dimon says it, it's completely different than when Brian Monahan says it. I mean, obviously, Bank of America is a big bank, but when Jamie Dimon says it, the whole world's like, oh shit. Yeah. It's yeah. a recession. Exactly. So, so what did that do? What did that affect the markets? I mean, I don't know what it affected the markets that much, but I had like four or five bankers call me today saying, like, yo, I think things are gonna be interesting. And when you think about it, because you know, we do multifamily, you know, lending, right? Right. I think um, I think Chase, who's the largest multifamily lender in the country uh, mm-hmm. by volume, I think they're going to start pulling back a little bit. I don't, no. I don't think they're going to be doing. So let me put it in perspective. I, th- I don't think a lot of people understand this. So I hate cap rates as like an indicator. Okay. Right? I think cap rates as an indicator is kind of like bullshit. Mm-hmm. But it does give you a way to compare similar investments. Like your return on investment, technically kind of like your cap rate. And I'm watering down the technicalities of it. But so if you want to compare investments in the stock market or something else, you can you compare that with the cap rate in real estate, right? Your capitalization rate. Right. Well, right now, uh, I looked at a property earlier today. I think you were on this email. Uh, 275 cap. Yes. Right. And the lender, uh, we are getting, I think, like 4%. Was, yes. It was above three, right? I mm-hmm. think it was like almost four. Yep. Was, it was. was four, it, yeah. Four was a fourth change. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever it was. We're making more money on that deal. Right. Than the guy buying the properties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like so at the end of the day, yeah. after expense everything else, I mean, aside from your interest deduction, right? We are making more money off your mortgage payments than you're making off of everything that you're doing off your investment. Right. That's fucked up. It is fucked That's up. It's fucked up. Yeah, but I mean, you taught me this a long time ago too, right? People do recognize um, these types of properties as one of the safest assets, right? I mean, back in the last recession, oh, there was it is less June than first. 22 you acknowledge that i taught you some shit you taught me some shit right wow it was less um, amongst all mortgages out there uh multifamily properties had a less than one percent default rate historically yeah but so that so i went to that chief credit officer symposium in new york mm-hmm. and there's all these chief credit officers there and a lot of these banks aren't minor more, flex not not really a flex that's, that's a big flex that was the first time they invited of, you me you should be proud of Bro, yourself i've been doing this for 20 some years and they're like you know what? maybe we should <laughs> yeah, have this out. maybe he knows what he's talking <laughs> yeah. about i got there and I did like not a single person in the room was like, oh, he's supposed to be here. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah, not yeah, a single yeah. person was yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Can we see your credentials, sir? Yeah. You got a name tag, son. Are you sitting in somebody else's place? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, it definitely was not what they expected. But I think it went well. But I will say that not all of them are multifamily lenders. And obviously, because I prefer that, I got a bias. I know I got right. a bias. I like multifamily, right? Right. They were not so confident on multifamily. Why? Just, I think it had more to do with. I want to be easy. I want to be like, because I'm more sophisticated. Than yeah. yeah. But, 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 uh, no, I think it had more to do with the fact that, you know, they, they don't really look at it as like that safe asset class that nothing's ever going to happen to it. Like housing is a basic need. It'll always be protected. They looked at it as like, look, like it's like any other asset class when it's overvalued, it's overvalued. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of pointing to deals like, like the cap rate situation like that. And they're like, okay, it's overvalued guy. Like, right. 
how many upside how many how many properties going to have upside potential for 20 30% in order to in order to make sense of that for the investor cuz you're going into it saying I'm not going to make money when I buy this right I'm going to make money when I improve it when I improve it and take money out down the road right so that's that's kind of a bet and I would say like I get I get the the negative connotation to it what I would say is I mean there's so many types of deals out there that are also like uber secure that you don't think like share national credits right they're like large loans, Pepsi Cola, like big companies like that, like NASCAR. Mm-hmm. They all have these lines of credit and banks don't want to take down it. Like Bank of America doesn't want to say, hey, I want this one line of credit all to myself, hundreds of millions of dollars. What they do, they, they basically syndicate it out the same way a lot of people are buying in like Grant Cardone's things. Right. Right. And like they're giving him 150000 or $250,000 and investing in him. And then he's buying a multifamily property and giving them their pro rata share. Banks do the same thing. It's just a syndication for banks. Right. And those are called shared national credit. So like a bank like us could buy like $20 million of a large line of credit to somebody like Coca-Cola or somebody random like right. that, right? So it's the same same thing. Those actually have a crazy low default rate because they're usually publicly traded companies. Right. There's usually like they have their internal auditors, external auditors. They've got their CFO. They've got their public filings. They're, you know, accusing the case statements. Then there's an interagency task force between the FDIC and the OT, uh, OTS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel old. I, I probably shouldn't. I think it's OTS or the Federal Reserve. I don't know. It's the interagency task force, and they, they're, they're looking at those transactions all the time. So those are actually really, really, really low default rates. And surprisingly, municipal finance. But how often do those come around, right? I mean, as a, as a bank, like like a small, let's say a smaller community bank. Oh, bro, they right? trade all the time. I mean, with smaller community community banks, if you're but like. How do you get a seat at the table? You can't, does, you can't get a seat at the table. Exactly. That's yeah. my point. I told you right? the story about how I first tried, right? No. <laughs> this is great. So I spent. I spent weeks trying to get into a syndication when we first started out and uh, Deutsche Bank, big mm-hmm. bank, right? Yeah. They, they're big in the space. Huge. They were leading, they were leading the way. So I'm like, hey, we want to get in. I think at the time we were maybe $5 billion in size. And I was like, hey, like I want to get in. They give you all this information. It's a lot of work to underwrite these transactions and you can't rely on what everybody else is giving you. So you as a bank have to do all your own due diligence. Right. They give us this massive access to this portal of documents. We get into it. We spend like, couple of weeks underwriting this and making the decision. We're like, yes, we want $10, $10 million allocated to us. This is like a multiple hundred million dollar oh, yeah. transaction. Uh-huh. And the guy was like, <laughs> you want how much? Yeah. And I was like, you know, like $10, $10, $10 million allocated to us. And he's like, okay, we'll let you know. Yeah. So it came time to execute. Dude gave us like less than a million. It was like a middle finger. He was like, hey, man. Because you only offered 10? Is that we, why? We just weren't big enough. He had, he had other people who wanted the deal. Yeah. We, we weren't a big enough player to him. So mm-hmm. you, you take what you can get or you don't. At that time, it just wasn't economically viable for us to do it. We could deploy capital to places. But the world's a strange place, man. A lot of these things, like bonds are back. Yeah. Bonds are the place. I was watching today on CNBC, people like debating like, yo, I need to pull my money out. I'm seeing in that cash. in a lot of people's broker statements. Bonds? Yep. Yeah, bonds are back, man. People, That's, that's like their inflation hedge. They're like, mm-hmm. I'm going to put my money back in bonds. Right. Bond trading was dead for a long time. I hadn't heard about it since I entered the workforce. So, I mean, it must be back. Like a year ago? Uh, 2009. 2009. That's when you entered the workforce? 2009, really? Yeah. Damn, I feel old as shit. You should feel old. 2009. Wow. Gray beard speaks for itself. It is very gray. And I will tell you. Mine is too. I got old guy problems now. Yeah. Oh, dude, don't even get me started. I noticed my heels like got cracked skin on them. Yeah, why does <laughs> Like I got on the nah, shower. Yeah, that, that might be a hygiene issue. <laughs> no, it's not a hygiene issue, <laughs> Come bro. On, it's, like, dude. it's like you know, when you're older, like that shit happens. I look down, I'm like, why oh, am I getting cracks in it? So oh, I'm lubing up every night, putting them in socks. Well, how come when I get out of bed in the morning, the bottom of my feet hurt? Why? 
Well, because you're rotund. Because I'm no, I, I I've lost more weight than you. You have. Congratulations. I'm still leaner than you. No, no, no. <laughs> Even though I'm, I'm fat as shit right now. <laughs> you guys can't see this back at, at home, but basically the cat was sitting on my shirt before Saeed came over. We no, that's, that's the hair from his stomach coming through his t-shirt. No, man, laser I hair wish removal. you guys would see I this. Laser hair removal. I'm going to download Instagram and snap this photo. This this will be my avatar. Look, I'm happy to have you, have you have this as your avatar. So I've been watching a couple things uh, as it relates to all that. And, and I've been really, really watching the rhetoric mm-hmm. about, you notice the, the really casual change of topic from me being fat. Yeah, that was a nice, smooth transition. Yeah, that was good. Real professional. So, yeah, it was. Solid, right? <laughs> so Janet Yellen came out and I want to read her statement. Shit, let me grab a phone. Okay. So Janet Yellen has been super critical of, of like Jerome Powell, who's leading the Fed right now. Yep. Because she thinks that he doesn't have enough, he's not putting forth enough regulation. He's all he's driving policy, but he's not the Fed has two jobs, regulation and policy. And she's been real like outspoken about how the Fed needs to have more regulation and they need to stop this, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And she's been verbally like assaulting, you know, Powell. And I don't necessarily agree with what the Fed's been doing. If, if, I'm, if I'm honest, I think the Fed should have stepped in a year ago to stop what we're going through right now. Yeah. And it would have been a lot better. They knew it was coming. They, they they should have seen it coming. They they should have done something about it. They chose not to, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. But this was her statement. This is great. I'm quoting it. Ready? Mm-hmm. I was wrong about the path inflation would take. End quote. Oh, you oh, were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Treasury Secretary Wait. Janet Yellen gave her most direct admission yet that she aired last year in predicting that elevated inflation wouldn't pose a continuing problem. And who did she admit this to? Uh, this was actually, I think it was in a news conference, but Business Week reported it and a couple other, like, I think it was like Bloomberg and somebody else said something about it because mm-hmm. she was so like, they don't know what they're doing, they're blah, 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 blah. And then right. you look back at you, you fact check her. Yeah. And you're like, bitch, you were, you were way off. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's the problem. People need to get more fact checked m- more frequently and it needs to get, you know, exposed more. Cause I feel, yeah. you know, people aren't, people aren't hearing when, when some of these leaders are wrong and you don't even know who to trust anymore. We should create a website. That should be our next project. I feel like that's a great way to get in a lot of trouble. Why? Like that 19-year-old kid who was tracking Elon Musk's plane. Oh, no, I didn't. No, you I, didn't know not, I did not know what he was tracking Elon Musk's plane. How the fuck do you know? This, this is why, exactly this is, why you need to be on social this media. This is why I see it. Shit exactly. like this. Yeah. Like, this was all over like, the news. You did not re- really. No, what no, no, world? No. Have you been, yeah. So this 19-year-old kid, God bless his little heart. So all these little planes. That are out there, little planes, little planes that I can't afford. These yeah. <laughs> little baby, yeah, baby planes. Yeah, you know, when I fly, General Pop. But um, so, so this kid figured out that he used the tail numbers in these planes and he could track them. It's available to everybody. Right. It's, it's public information. Okay. So he found Elon Musk's plane. Elon Musk doesn't have like that's a funny. Lot of cars. He says he sell he sold all his homes. He doesn't own any properties, but he has a plane. Bro, have you not been watching social media? He explains this. God yeah. Damn it. Why am I? Why am I talking to you? No, I know I why. I know go. why. I know why he doesn't. But he owns a plane because he's trading time for money. Is what he said. Uh, so okay. it gets in places faster. And honestly, it's a pretty damn good argument. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, if, yeah. if I was worth a billion dollars and I was like, you know, listen, motherfucker, listen, I, don't, listen, I don't need a plane. Anything he does is right because he, he just seems to be constantly winning. I don't know about constantly winning. He's constantly winning. Man. Billion dollar breakup fee in that Twitter contract. Yeah, but how much of that is just, you know, to get the conversation going? Oh, there's a and whole, then, there's a whole and, conspiracy. Yeah, I, can, I, I know. You know what I mean? Just, just to get, just to get the conversation going, then he drops his own platform and boom, he makes, he makes that billion back and what, you know, handsome. You tell stop. No, no, there's not one person in the world that's like, oh, I lost a billion. Fuck it. Yeah. What do you mean? Of course. A billion, uh, Jeff, bro. Jeff Bezos. 
Gave away uh, half. He no, said, no, 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 no. Ah, he didn't give it. away half. You know why? Because it was probably worth it. And he's like, I don't care. I'll make it up again. Stop. No one. There, there is not one human being on this planet. We'll never know. Because we ever lost a billion dollars. I might know. We haven't we have, we have, we have spoken to them. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I might know. I'll figure that shit out one okay, way Okay, so tell me. Go back to the tracking the plane. Yeah, so he starts tracking the plane. So what does he do? He's like, I'm going to quit, create a, a Twitter page where all I do is report where Elon Musk is at. So he's reporting the tracking of Elon Musk playing, like where it's going, what time it left, what where it's landing. And it's all public information. But, you know, people are too lazy to figure out the tail sign right, and right, go look right, it up. Right, right, right. But this kid's like, I'm on this, Twitter. This Here is brilliant. Is. This is yeah. brilliant. So Elon Musk hit him up and was like trying to broker him to stop. Like, this is not good for my safety guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, think, I think Elon Musk offered him like 5000 and he like counter offered for like fifty, And Elon Musk was like, no. <laughs> Okay. So is he still reporting on it? I don't think he reports anymore. I think they came to some. Re- I don't know what the deal is. I think they came to some resolution, but he was he was tracking like Russian oligarch stuff for a while too. Oh, that's dangerous. Which I was like, bro, come you, on, bro, you're you asking to die. Yeah, just tell me you want to die. Yeah, like just tell yeah, me yeah, you don't yeah. want to live anymore. Come on, man. Elon Musk is one thing. I mean, which by the way, I've had a question, and I know this is somewhat time sensitive because the whole Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial thing. Right. I did. I, I did hear about that. So I am in. Only because you listen to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying the verdict that came out today. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Where everybody's saying, like, Johnny Depp won, man. Yeah, he won. He got, didn't he get granted $5 million in compensatory damages? Well, so they limited the punitive, punitive damages in, in that state are limited. So they only get like 300 something thousand each. No, so. but that was not, but $5 million he was granted in. Court. Yeah, but, but here's the thing, though. That it, goes for attorney fees or what? So he lost, he lost on one count. None of it was the assault stuff. He lost on one count of defaming her. But it was a, he, she was awarded $0. She'll get effectively $0 yeah, as a result yeah. of it. But they both lost, technically. He lost on one of the three I counts. I don't know. I feel, it, it seems to me that Johnny Depp won the court of public opinion. Oh, yeah. yeah, None of those. Fuck, yeah. It, yeah. Dude, look, hashtag justice for jo- I saw a hashtag justice for Amber today, and I thought it was a joke. Yeah. I was like, come on. There's, no, there's nobody using this. And I actually yeah, looked it up. There was, some yeah. couple, there was a couple people who were like, okay. Uh, you know, she she just she's a victim. I, I'm opening a beer. Side, yeah, side not me. So yeah, it's so, good for you. Congratulations. That's, yeah. that's what you're Someone's got to keep this podcast on track, <laughs> and not me. <laughs> so you know, I mean, whatever. But it, it's crazy to me to see how that all played out. But and damn it, I lost my track. Son of a bitch. I was. How did I get to, get to Amber Heard? And yeah, you, you're oh about yes, case. yeah. Elon Musk. I want to know the best. Oh. There's some stuff I don't understand. So he dates Amber Heard, mm-hmm. but she got pregnant using his stored like sperm what yeah like you didn't hear this bro come on i love that you're not on social media i can be like a news outlet for you all the time this is great so the rumor i mean it's not rumor this is i guess this is kind of well known documented openly admitted by her like they had broken up i guess and she had went down to like the clinic whatever it was it had his stuff and had it put inside and she got pregnant yeah she she had the baby she has a kid a daughter what in the hell? After Johnny Depp, she went and so like her donation. How does that in and of itself not Johnny Depp should run away from that? I mean, shame no, on no, you. No, no, no. This was after. Oh my! Think God, about that shit. Yeah. See, dude. there's a lot of shit here that's like when you start getting into stuff they couldn't talk about in court. You're like, fuck. God damn. Yeah, man, bro. So like, he, is- and he lost like like that trial in in Europe, but that was a liable and slander and defamation case in Europe. Yeah. Where she wasn't in part of that. He was suing a newspaper periodical Dude. out there or something like that. She just testified on behalf of the newspaper out there, but it wasn't 
it wasn't the same thing. And there was a judge, not a jury in that instance. So that's why he lost out there. But he, but look, look, man, I don't care what you say. $5 million or whatever it is net to Johnny Depp. That ain't gonna make up for the tens of millions of no, dollars that no, he lost. No, that he lost, yeah. Yeah. Keep in mind, this dude already has some financial issues. But it seems to have a drug problem. Anyway, like I, the whole Elon Musk thing, you said he can't he can't lose. I think he took an L right there, bro. When Not, your ex is getting pregnant with, you know, with your baby. Of um, course, yeah. I mean, he doesn't that's, that's he doesn't want that. But I mean, in back to the court of public opinion, he seems like he's constantly winning. Uh, winning's a perspective. I don't know. I mean, it is, but that's that's my point. Like, there's the perspective is that he everyone thinks it's he's constantly doing the right thing, moving the right way, saying the right things, and he acts like he just doesn't give a fuck. Like what he did to that message that he posted online about Bill Gates. What message? He, oh, I got to tell you about something. Yeah. So him and Bill Gates had this beef going back and forth, and Bill had messaged him asking him for uh, some help with some philanthropy work, mm. and. Elon yeah. Musk, I think, messaged him back saying something to the effect of like, are you still going to short uh, short Tesla? <laughs> and, and he's like, and Bill said, and, he, and I love that Elon Musk like screenshotted this and posted it. Yeah, and, then, right. and then he said, Bill responded something to the tune of, um, what did he say? He's like, I haven't made that move yet. Or you know, like he was just sidestepping the conversation. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't say some shit like that's my investment advisor's role. I'm yeah, not yeah, 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 yeah. I have no part in this. And then he just and then Elon posts a picture of of Bill Gates being uber fat. Yeah, this is <laughs> it's fastest way to lose a boner. Jeez, stop it. That's, that's what, what he said. That's what he said online. God damn. Come on, man. But I look as much as I want to blame him for shit like that. Like if you gave me a couple billion, even a billion. Like the shit that I would post online too would oh, not be appropriate. This this is me right now with be, not a bill. Not, like, yeah, 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 yeah. not making any money yeah, off I this. Mean, yeah. You could if you gave if you, if I started a company that was as revolutionary as Tesla is, it, it would it would not be. I, I'm not an arrogant person, but I'll tell you right now, you put me in that position, I'm gonna be arrogant as shit. Forget Tesla, man. Just the flamethrower that he made it. The boring company. The boring company. <laughs> if, if I made that, how arrogant would I be? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Every every like. Every social media celebrity's got a picture of them that stupid ass gun at some party. It's not stupid, bro. It's pretty cool. If you had that, if you had that gun, you you take a picture too. I don't. I don't know that I want that in my house. It's like that propane tank in the in the barbecue grill. Like <laughs> you never know when it's going to explode. It's like you don't want it around all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah or maybe yeah. I'm just yeah. Uh, that's because you got a built in uh, grill right now. No, I, I, I actually I have two propane Do tanks really? at home. Yeah. yeah. See, it makes you feel very uncomfortable, bro. <laughs> yeah. I've seen those things explode in the freeway. Yeah, <laughs> I've literally seen a truck drop those off and they explode. I'm like, oh shit. And oh, <laughs> you go man. home look at yours and you're like, don't drop don't that. Don't drop that. Don't yeah. drop that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's all good. Yeah. So did you actually come with any content for us to discuss this week, or is it just solely on me? I didn't. Oh, I didn't know that. If if I could, I I would be so you better show up and look pretty. That's it. Yeah, my Vanna White now. Yeah, exactly. Wow, (laughs) the the best gig. Vanna White and Pat Sajak. one of the best gigs. I mean, think about it. Well, she she just she just takes a few steps. She gets her ten thousand steps in. I'm sure she does. Trust me. I don't know about you, bro, but I don't want that gig. No, no, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah Pass Ajax, yeah. Are any of those yeah. talk shows? Are any of those talk shows? Are any of those game shows still on television? Oh man, uh, we at the house watch Family Feud all the time. We love Family Stop Feud. Stop it, yeah. Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey's so good. I I refuse to watch. That. Why? What's wrong no, with Steve Harvey? I just I can't take him seriously. Oh, he's hilarious. He looks like a walking like cartoon. Come on, and that mustache has got to go. Someone oh, talk to oh, him. Bro. Come on, that man, right. he's hilarious. What's wrong? Oh. The only thing worse in recent years besides his mustache was Nick Cannon's stupid ass like India hat thing that made him look like a backwards ass magician. 
Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That was yeah, not a was good trying, look. Yeah, he was trying out for to be genie for Aladdin. Was, yeah, it's like, like yeah. bro, Will Smith was not that influential. Yeah, like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, like, come on. I know it was terrible back, back when Will Smith was yeah. the good guy. Oh man, moment of silence, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you yeah. hear that? Uh, Jada came out and talked. I about did see that. Talk? My wife sent me that today, and she she has to throw herself right back in and yeah. make herself part of the story. Just leave it alone. Yeah, you are dude. not relevant, dude. She's annoying annoying oh bro she's a hundred percent the problem yeah a hundred percent the problem and un- until will acknowledges that like he's gonna keep losing he's not gonna acknowledge that he's got three two kids with her two kids with her yeah but they're old enough now right not, no they're never they probably enough. see the problem they probably like that yeah, we get it <sighs> stop nah. no all right kids aren't kids aren't that cognizant all right moms. we won't touch on that okay they're probably like dad you a bitch yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean Oh man! I'm telling you, man. Kids and their moms, bro. Like it's it, it is what it is. Like I see, my son does it, bro. My, my son's three. Oh, um, it's team mom in my house too, bro. He gets he gets mad at me for like kissing my mom, my my mom, my, my wife, his mom. Oh my god, like, my he, kids, like, my kids like, make it a big deal too. Ooh, you kiss mama on the lips. Yeah, I'm allowed to. <laughs> this, that's what I'm allowed no, to bro, do, bro. That's there. She's theirs. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah. Just, you just live here, bro. I know. Like you, you just supply the funds. Go to work. <laughs> You work from home. Oh, and you work from and home. And I work from home, man. I'm doing everything. See, my excuse is I'm not here as much as, as, as she is. You're just uh, an asshole. Yeah, exactly. They just don't like you. There's like literally they how all comes home and like, mommy, you should just sit on the couch and take a break. You work too much. Why did Boba needs to work more? Boba means dad in Farsi. He he needs to work more. Like Afghan Wow, Farsi, dude. Which is not the sexy version, it's the Iranian version. The but it's the right version. way. It's okay. We all know. It is the right way, but I mean, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Sometimes the original language doesn't sound as good as a remix. <laughs> no, man, the original is always better, bro. You guys, you guys sound like legit terrorists. Oh, we sound, we wow. sound like we sound like French. Wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, we, we huh? Yeah, you, we, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I'm half. I'm 44 percent Iranian. Yeah, I can't even claim that 44. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do like how you call it Iranian though, because every time when they say Persians, I'm like, where's Persian on the map? I've never know. said I'm Persian. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I, don't, I never I don't, understood I don't, that. I, do that. I really don't understand that. Like, I'm not a cat. Bro. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like I just every single time I like if you if we start a conversation, you tell me, oh, I'm Persian. What are you? I'm like, I'm, like, I'm walking away. That's yeah, what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, 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 exactly. I see what you're trying to do here. It's not working. I had some dude hit me up. Uh, via text like literally earlier today mm-hmm. you, you know how like wholesalers are getting really big you can tell when the economy is blowing up you always get like all those like unknown phone calls and like random ass text no, messages yeah 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 like, it's bad right scammers now. telemarketers yeah. everything all that stuff gets bad when the economy gets really, really frothy but there's this weird kind of like in between period of time like we're in right now mm-hmm. where they're starting to feel a little bit and it's starting to get desperate. So you're going to get more and more. Oh, you're the funniest. You're the funniest with this. For people that don't know, Chris loves answering these phone calls. Oh, I fuck with And fuck with them. Yeah, let's yeah. go. Yeah. That's what yeah. happened today. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're going to come with me, bro. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to make sure I waste half of your day running around. So I got this text message from this guy, right? When and, and you, Why do you keep rubbing your crotch while you're talking to me? That's very oh, awkward. Come on. Why are you looking at my crotch? I'm not. You just keep yeah. rubbing it while I'm talking <laughs> oh, to you. It's very awkward. Like, you got an issue there? Like you gotta, you need some talking powder or something. Let the record show that Chris is looking at my crotch. No, bro, you've been you've been playing <laughs> down there. Like you, this is just a fidget spinner on the, on the desk. I'm Grab playing, that. I'm playing with the wire of the. You're headphones. not playing with the wire of oh, the headphones. Now you're lying to people. Here we go. You're lying to all five of our listeners gotta, yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. So dude, my wife and cousins, and that's it. Yeah, pretty much. And my wife, who we listen to every other episode at most. Yeah. Thank you, honey. I love you for not listening. Um. <laughs> so this dude hits me up via text saying like, "Oh, we." 
a select few of people are select, you know, are, are chosen to open an escrow company that happened. I'm like, so this dude's like spamming every realtor. <laughs> yeah. So I hit him up. I'm like, hey, man, I respond. Hey, man, please tell me you don't spam everybody with the same bullshit ass message. <laughs> he responds. I'm no, like, he oh, didn't. shit. He responds saying, no, I looked into you and I made sure that everybody I talked to was a broker and I did my research. And I'm like, oh, you did. Oh, okay. Oh, you did. So then he didn't, all he said is his first name. Didn't say his last name. Didn't say anything. Just said escrow company. Mm-hmm. Except I knew who this dude was. No. Yeah. He was an Iranian dude who worked as an ophthalmologist, like in, in an ophthalmologist's office, like an assistant. Uh-huh. And he worked, he just happened to work for my ophthalmologist. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you recognize them, his voice? So no, 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 no. This, oh, this the is name. a text. Oh, okay. Oh, so I, the he number, gave you his real name? Because when he worked there, he messaged me at, because I went to go get my eyes checked. Yeah. He was the dude who messaged me from the desk, letting me know my glasses were ready. Uh, oh. And now he's like spamming me by opening up an escrow company with him. Oh my God. So dude. I'm like, I'm like laughing my ass off. Cause you can see in the beginning of my text saying like, your glasses are ready, sir. And like his new spam. Oh. <laughs> And I'm like, this is where the economy's at right now. We're dudes who work at ophthalmology. That's lazy. How lazy is that? Well, get a get a burner number or something. I know, right? But that, and it, so I asked him. I'm like, so what was your research? He's like, oh, you had an Iranian last name. Oh, I was no. like, don't be that guy. Don't be that bro. guy. Don't be yeah. that guy. So he's he's going out of his way to maybe scam his fellow Iranians. No, he wasn't scamming anybody. Basically, what he was, is I think he's working for like he started an escrow company or something like that. And he was mm-hmm. like, oh. I'll help you start your own escrow company and I'll give you 40% of everything you bring in because I'm going to help you do this and add this as a value add to your business. And I was like, why would I do that? I'm a, I'm, I could start my own escrow company and not need you. And by the way, you're not back. For the record, those of you who aren't familiar with escrow companies and title companies out there, the, the, the way to go is to use a nationally underwritten title company, a, a very well-backed escrow company, because you want to have recourse back to somebody in the worst case event of some kind of litigation. You want to have a company that's going to be there. So these smaller escrow companies, they're fine. They're not problems. Definitely with the, the title companies, you want to have somebody who's underwritten by like the larger title companies, uh, Chicago, Fidelity, mm-hmm. people like that. But this dude was like, yo, like, I'll help you start this. And I'm like, dude, escrow company, it's, it's one license. Yeah. It's not hard to get. If anybody's going to set it up with you, why wouldn't they just get their own? And this dude was in Irvine. I'm like, why, why would I in Irvine go to you, a small escrow company in franchise? He was basically trying to create a franchise. Yeah, he's just playing a numbers game, dude. He's yeah, but that, that's how hum- frothy the economy is. It's like yeah. people are literally just, that's, they're just like throwing out numbers saying like, I'm going to get conversions. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, that's just not like, normal. Just like all these YouTubers online trying to sell these, uh, oh, you know, don't, course. Don't go, don't go, go, don't go don't, I know, I, I know. I've seen, I've seen the, I've seen I'm, the stuff you pushed out. It, it's bro. ridiculous, and that people fall for this shit on a pipe dream. So I have this video on on uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. and I promote it. And it, for anybody who thinks you can grow on social media, and it's and it's like you can just grow from viral content. That's like betting on winning the lottery. Yeah, it, you, you, it's a pay to play game. Mm-hmm. YouTube, Instagram, all these. If you want to grow, people need to know. People need to know this, especially some of you know your younger demographic. It's a pay to play game. You have to do that. Now there are ways to cheat the system, and unfortunately, my first kind of route with social media was I worked with somebody that was a quote growth and publicity company. Well, it turns out they just gave me bots and fake followers and all this other shit. I learned the hard way, but they're a very reputable brand. Right, like big companies will hire this company that I talked to. And they 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 co-signed this, this guy and his company. Wow! And they were not cheap. I mean, you're talking tens of thousands of dollars 
to get him to do this for you and to grow you. And it's, you know, shout outs and this and that. And it's allegedly all organic. Well, it turns out it's it's overwhelmingly bots and fake followers. Wow. Across all platforms? Uh, well, no, on, on, on it, that was on Instagram that I, I worked with him on. But I know that uh, YouTube has this issue. I know that TikTok is starting to get this issue pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. So if you want to grow organically, and I'm kind of using the, the quotes of Bunny Ears here, it's a pay-to-play game. You have to pay to play. So yeah. I have this ad that I run mm-hmm. where the ad is basically one of my posts on social media where I talk about how you shouldn't put the word millionaire in your bio. Okay. Self-made millionaire. A lot of these younger kids are saying like, self-made millionaire 23, self-made millionaire 25. Jeez. And what I did is, is I basically took the average inflation over the, the period of time going mm-hmm. back to like the 1970s to now. Right. And basically a million dollars back in 1970s tantamount to a little over seven and a half million dollars now yeah okay. with the average cost of inflation average inflation about three and a half three three nine yeah, percent of the population doesn't know that so you're really talking about a six million dollar swing yeah, exactly. that's a big that's a swing yeah right right but people take so many fucking issues with this post why are you doing this why are you posting this yeah people come at i had a dude this week come at me just like straight verbally attacked me in the comment section and i always try to respond classy and i always use it as an opportunity to try to because you never know who's responding to you. Sometimes it's just young people who don't know any better right. and you want to change their mindset. Exactly. This dude is literally selling real estate courses, call himself a real estate professional. And mm. of course, before I respond, I do my due diligence. I pull title on me. Yeah. If, your name's, if your name's out there <laughs> and I can tell where you live, I'm pulling title in that state. If I don't see your shit. Yeah. And if I go to the Secretary of State's website and I don't see your name. Yeah. Okay. And I look up in Delaware too and I look all the places. Calling unless you're savvy like me. Yeah. And you know how to hide your shit. Yeah. And most people don't. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna, or they don't think to because they don't they don't see you know the danger in it or the benefit in hiding it. I well, I mean, I don't necessarily know there's benefit in hiding it necessarily, but I will say there's benefit in having structures where you you know you you got something in place. For for me, it's no, more, it's protect yourself. Nah, it's not really about protecting myself. Honestly, it's 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 more about like estate planning for my wife. Yeah. So if God forbid something happens to me and I die, I can't be like I can't be the owner of everything. So exactly. I want the trust to own the LLCs, right, which yeah. own the real estate. So it's more about estate planning for me, not necessarily about being hard to find. But Delaware is an interesting state because they have anonymous LLCs there. Mm-hmm. So let's say you wanted to open up uh, an LLC in Delaware. Yep. You open it up. At whoever organizes, quote, the LLC, they're off the record anyway. Mm-hmm. It's the address in the state, which can be an agent for service or process that you pay like 50 bucks a year for to just forward the mail to you. Okay. But they will never know who owns the LLC. Unlike California, where you look up the, like the, the CEO, the president, or the operator, mm. members, the managers, the managers and stuff like that, and yeah. LLCs and companies and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. You don't have that in Delaware. So unless you have the entity documents, which are not public, you never know who owns it. And don't most most businesses uh, that are created and established in Delaware, that's a a pro business state, right? It's pro tax benefits, yeah, pro tax benefits, tax right? benefits, and yeah. the law around uh, legislation around you know. Well, jurisprudence, legal case, everything else. It's really pro companies there. Right, right. But th- th- they do that by design to really bring companies in. But to my point, I get so many fucking people just coming after me about this post. That's interesting, man. Yeah, because they know that all it, a, a huge part of the reason why they got big and successful is, you know, what drew their uh, these people to their pages. And it's, I don't know, the clickbaity stuff. Yeah, but uh, see, here's the thing is, I think people see like the clickbaity stuff that they see online and they see somebody selling a course or selling somebody trying to make money. Unless they're going to dive in and go, oh, this person's full of shit. Mm-hmm. They usually see that and they go, okay, no big deal. But if you're saying something like, hey, don't put this in your title 
or masterminds are a scam. I've got a I've got a post on YouTube right now. Masterminds are a scam. Yeah. So so much. You know you don't know scam the most like. There's two posts on on social media. Yeah, what's gotten you the most hate? I, it wasn't the Ace Family one really bad. Yeah, that got that got like overnight. It got half a million views and it got a lot of like young people. But I like that one because the young people that were responding to me didn't understand what they didn't understand about financial literacy. So mm. I really was methodical about responding to that shit. Yeah, and telling them like, look, like here's how this went down. Here's why you should listen to my opinion versus theirs because you know because they didn't know right. you don't get financial literacy yeah, in exactly. school. Right? But the one that surprised huge me problem. was Kanye West is a genius. And the whole point of the, of the whole point of the YouTube video was was yeah, hate for that. Oh, tremendous amounts of hate. And the whole point of the, the video was, is your we as people, as consumers, we are cogs in a machine. And Kanye West is just playing us for those cogs in the wheel. Yeah. 100%. He stayed top of mind for a very, very, very long time. Exactly. It wasn't necessarily. I'm not a huge Kanye West fan and like some of the things that he does. Right. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not a huge fan like that. I'm not a fanboy. I like some of his music. I like his older music. I like the old Kanye, not the new Kanye. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'll tell you that the whole point of the video wasn't like Kanye West being a genius. That was a clickbait title. It was really to make the consumer and the people watching it, who is typically a younger audience, mm-hmm. think outside the box. Right. Think about all what this he's shit doing. about Kim yep. Kardashian, all this shit about, you know, Pete Davidson, all this stuff. This is all being weaponized against you mm-hmm. because think about what's going on in the ethos when he's doing this shit. He's dropping a new album. Yep. He's growing his his Donda Sports Academy. He's got a church. He's got clothing dropping with Balenciaga and Gap, Gap and these right. collections and Yeezy. And you know, as time goes on more and more, it it's almost portrayed as like he's a loose cannon. So like if he does drop an album, I got to tune in to hear what he has to say. You know, that whole beef and drama he had with, with Drake coming out, that could have been a ploy just to get people. Oh, just so to get I covered listeners. that. I covered that. So so that's exactly right. Like yeah. So him and Drake had this, quote, beef. The only way to settle the beef is you had to listen to both albums to know. To decide. So if you're Drake and you're Kanye, you're like, this is Which, perfect. by the way, this is Kanye's second time doing this. this he is, did it with yes. 50 Cent, too. Look at you, same. pop culture magnet. Look at you. Is, I mean, this is what we do, man. Come so. Let let the record show that Saeed actually has a hip hop background, not a financial uh, background. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll let the listeners believe that all but, five of them. But nonetheless, that that is the one post that I catch a tremendous amount of hate on because people don't they get so lost in me saying Kanye West is a genius for this mm-hmm. that they're like, "You're a fucking idiot. You're putting you all you're doing is encouraging this guy's mental health issues." And they, they don't want to see past. No one's denying that he has has or does not have mental health issues. But like, he no, I'll, look, I'll, I'll say this. I don't know that he does have mental health. He's not under a 5150 hold like Britney Spears was. Right. He, he might be bipolar. There are plenty of functional bipolar people out there. Yes. Right. Under medication. Mm-hmm. And despite all the bullshit that was going on with social media, that yeah. all stopped. Yes. Like overnight. But overnight. what I will say is he came up with a really creative way to use social media. And I, I honestly, I wish I was popular enough to do this. I got like five real followers, so I can't do it. But <laughs> he was posting like in his actual, like on his page, like mm-hmm. not in the stories, but on his page. And he would leave it up for a couple of days, but then he would delete it. So you had to actually go to his page mm-hmm. and be a follower and have him, his post yes. come up. Yes. For you to actually take in his. So whoever's content strategy that was, it was brilliant because nobody else was doing that. That's true. And call him crazy, call him what you want. Like that, that's a brilliant way to 
you know, kind of turn the dials a little bit and, and do something everybody else is doing in a different way to make sure you're relevant. He gained millions of followers. Think about it, man. If anything, he learned, he's probably learned a lot from Kim Kardashian and, and that whole family on how to, on how to, on how to, on how to, on how to continue to stay relevant, even though, cause his music started to fall off. So he had to find a new way to stay relevant. Mm, no, 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 no. I'm not a Kanye fan, but right. I'm going to tell you right now, go back and look at it. And your wife is going to be so mad when she hears this. I apologize in advance. I will. It's not, I, I don't hate the Kardashians. I actually love them. She doesn't even watch the show anymore. Bro, she is a no, hard no, used to be. Used to I be. think she thinks that she has like a lot of the same like, visual attributes, hair, the color, the skin. Uh, they all look kind of honestly, the same. Honestly, it's much better. What? Yeah. All those physical attributes are much better than the Kardashians. I, I don't want it. Yes, but I don't. I don't. Whatever. Yes. Here's what I will say. Kanye West turned Kim Kardashian into a completely different person. Yes. He introduced her to the fashion world. She dressed like a hobo before. True. He introduced her to the I mean, fashion world, know, all of his contacts, all that. That came from Kanye. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, what the Kardashian family has done, and you heard about this whole thing with Ray J, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did hear about that. About it was all he, staged. And he's, he's coming out now saying that it was, it was all staged. I never was keeping it. Like, apparently, Kim had been keeping that under her bed for the longest time. And, and, and a Nike shoebox under her bed. Yeah. And that it was... I mean, it, it was is his it idea is, to come it is really fu- It is really fucked up to portray it to, to seem like he was holding them hostage with it. You know, so what if, if he wasn't, if, if we, okay, well, we can all, you know, play team sport, team game, but you're going to now portray me out to be this bad guy. But if you guys are making, so they, they copyrighted that video that was released with Vivid and they both made a lot of money off it. I'm sure. So it was in his best interest to just let it go. Mm-hmm. But the new stuff that she was saying in the Hulu series or something like that really pissed him off because it made him sound like. I didn't hear what they said on the Hulu series. Oh, okay. So this is somewhat graphic. So for those of you with baby ears, cover your ears and uh, I'll clap or some shit when you can, when you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, basically on the Hulu series, he said that he took like a, a dildo and was trying to put it in like her back door while she was asleep. Oh, wow. And he took a lot of offense to that at, because he said that that made me look like I was sexually abusing her. Right. And if that, it's not true, you got to clear and, your name. And, he, and he's like, look, like it's one thing we entered into this mutually agreeable business endeavor. But it's a completely different thing when you're making me look like a sexual abuser on national television to promote your show and hyping like this whole thing up. Like if I release a new video and he was like, I never had the videos. You guys always had the videos and tapes underneath your, you know, in yeah. a, in a, in a shoebox yeah, shoe or whatever. Under her bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and honestly, that that's really hard not to believe. I covered that in a previous episode of the show, which you I agree. Clearly I agree. They, 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 they have a, they have enough money to bribe him with that to, you know, get him to fork that over. But, and this is where you got to look at someone like Chris Jenner and you got to say, and this is, so I spend so much time. I think people f- get weirded out whenever I, I spend so much time with this being a financial literacy driven mission. And I talk about all these things. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the misconception is, is that this has nothing to do with financial literacy, but it does. Okay. People have this tendency to take messages that are given to them by pop culture, by the media, and they don't look into them more broadly. They mm-hmm. don't take it with a grain of salt and formulate their own opinion. They take the opinion that's given to them yes, and they run with it. I agree. You know, we all looked at Kim Kardashian as as a victim in something that turned the best, turned that frown upside down and made something happen. Okay. But what if Ray J's story is true? What what if that was a business he so he, his story is that he went to to Kim Kardashian and Chris Jenner, and he said, "Look, like I want to let, let's take this public. Right? This will this will blow up all of our careers." And Chris Jenner brokered the deal. It's known she brokered the deal with Vivid Pictures. I've never heard her deny this either. because no, it's true. No, no, no yeah. she's never done it. Never okay. done it. She broke the deal, but she knows that's bad for her image, so she won't touch it. Right? 
I don't know that they won't touch it, but it's just one of those things. Like, look, I don't blame anybody for starting their career that way. I really, really don't. Yeah, who, like, who's, we're to, all say young who's to say it was right and wrong? Right? We're all young and stupid. And, and it's not how you start, it's how you finish, right? Like, I don't care. Like, True. I, it's all good. She's also done a lot of positive things with, with her, you know, celebrity status. Yeah, and I actually have a, have a friend. Shout out. You know who you are. She listens to the show. Who's really, really close to the Kardashian family. Okay. And she speaks immensely positive about the things that Kim Kardashian does and does do. Matter of fact, I made a I made a, like a total hit piece on her. Remember that video? You gotta get your ass out there and work that whole video that she okay. did. You heard yeah, everything. Yeah. I made a whole like I did I assassinated her on this video. Yikes. And I sent it to my friend who works for the Kardashians. I was like, I need your blessing. Yeah. Oh, okay. And she was like, You can't do this. And I said, Okay, convince me why. And she literally like sent me this long text and it, it changed her mind. She's like, these are all the things that I have seen her do that no one talks about. Yeah, man, for sure. I mean, she, she definitely, no one's saying she's, she's this evil person or, or anything like that. Um, it's just, you know, she's controlling, she's controlling her own narrative and is doing a damn good job at it. That's it's been insanely well controlled for a long ass yeah. time. That's the crazy thing though, man. I don't know if I can live that way. Uh yeah I, yeah I definitely wouldn't be able to live in the public sphere like that I don't got social media I, I I could never do anything like that I don't even know that it's like public sphere as much as it is like you're you're creating this like fallacy of life you know the thing that bothers me the most is you know how much of like you know the younger generation or like the people of her age and younger have you know transformed their bodies surgically to look like them and what what kind Ooh. of what oh, kind, man. What kind of self-imaging issues have been caused? I mean, and I'm not saying that they're at fault. Look, at the end of the day, people have to make their own decisions. But, I mean, you got to see that what people are doing and who they're trying to look like. And there's only one person that is controlling that sphere. That, that's the craziest part. So, I'm, I'm a child of the 80s. Mm-hmm. I had a picture of Cindy Crawford, a poster of her. Never forget. Uh, it was jean booty shorts, mm-hmm. no top on, arms crossed, covering up. You know, her breasts. That was my childhood back in my door. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine growing up, his older sister was really close to her. I went to dinner and she was there with her then husband. Oh, wow. And I was like, I was the whole time, I'm like, oh shit. Like, do I tell her that that was on the back of my door? Oh, wow. But, but nonetheless, she like, probably that, takes it as a compliment. But she actually, we actually did talk about it at one point. Yeah. And she was super sweet about it and was like, I even offered an autograph. For it, you yeah, know. She, she understood yeah. what she stood for. And, and quite frankly, it's, I mean, it's, you know, not as bad as what some people are seeing or having today. But think back to that time. Yeah. We had a fucked up visual of what a woman looked like because it was based on this, like, really hard to attain unless you were bio- biologically gifted. Yes. And even then somewhat enhanced up top. Yeah. Visual. But now, even my wife, and I, I don't know if you probably heard her say this, like, she, like, loves, like, the, the big booties and stuff like that. And my mm-hmm. wife is a very petite girl. Mm-hmm. And she's beautiful. She's naturally just stunning. Right. But she aspires to have like bigger down there. And I've never found that attractive. Like I've never looked at some girl with a giant rear end and thought to myself like, yes. Right. But I'll take it a step further from, for me is, you know, I have a daughter, you know, I have a son and a daughter and my daughter's four years old. And I'm constantly trying to, trying to think about like, how in the world can I get this, you know, beautiful, innocent angel to go through life without, thinking that her looks 
you know, matter as much as, you know, what, what people are seeing today. One of my favorite, favorite uh, Banksy um, art pieces of artwork is mm. a picture of a little girl looking at the at the wall yeah, yeah. that's spray painted of looks like, you know, some Bay, Baywatch uh, model, like laying there posing. And on, under it, it says, you don't have to look like this. True. Yeah. You know, so every time I compliment my daughter and I, I'm guilty of it myself, the first thing I say when I see my daughter in the morning after how all gets her ready, I'm like, you look so beautiful. And I catch myself. I don't want to reward your beauty. Right. Because then you're going to think that this is what it, this Dude, is. So I, I say, my, I you're so beautiful every single day. No, handsome is one thing. But for a girl, it's it's different. Right. So I say, you're so beautiful. And I catch myself and you're strong and you're independent and you're brave. And I'll, I'll say all these things because I'm like, I'm I don't know. I've been brainwashed to thinking these things, too. So I naturally catch myself doing this. So let me ask you a fucked up question. OK. And nobody, I don't know if nobody's listening. This. Just you. Me. Okay, just <laughs> oh, you no. Me. I got I got a preference. OK. So like Dove had a campaign that came out. Okay. And Dove's trying to sell their product. And I, I've i been to where Paul Polson, the cantilever, which owns Dove's CEO, mm-hmm. was at. This man is brilliant. I mean, he gave one of the best ESG. And I don't even like ESG. It was the most phenomenal, off-the-cuff, well-spoken, like non-prepared speech I've ever seen. Okay. It was in New York. It was a rainy day. And I mean, it's it's just etched into my mind. He, he burned that moment into my mind. That's how good it was. Wow. All right. So one of his companies, Dove, has this campaign where they're trying to like really highlight like different types of females so that it's not it's a thicker woman, it's an African-American woman, it's an Asian woman, it's a Caucasian woman, it's it's all sorts of different all types of visuals. Are, all, all women different, are beautiful. Yeah, right. All women are beautiful. Let me ask you legitimately, honestly. Okay. Do you look at that campaign and do you say like these women are attractive or do you look at that campaign and say that's cool, this is inclusive? And does it matter? Well, I think it, it depends on the product that's being sold, right? Victoria's Secret can't have a fashion show anymore. Really? They don't have a fashion show anymore, I think. Why? It, I, that, because Victoria's Secret was setting like this unrealistic image of what women are supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And then I think it became so overly sexualized that it just wasn't. I don't have a. I don't not to I mention have, the brand's got a whole bunch of issues. Yeah, yeah, a whole, a whole bunch of issues. Um, which <laughs> that's a whole episode. That's a whole episode in and of itself. Bring, and there's whole links back to. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but certain um, individuals who are no longer with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, or so we're told. Yeah. But no, I think that it. I think it's good for some companies to come out and say that you know all all women are beautiful, but to portray, let's just say, plus size models as supermodels look that's not you're, you're also saying it's okay to be unhealthy right that's that's the only issue mm. i have with it if 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 you're portraying it like for instance like nike right mm. nike's portraying some women in, in these in these outfits um and even guys in in outfits that um that are a little bit on the big on the pluser side I don't know right? that's unhealthy, man. No, no, no. that no, that is healthy, right? They're trying, they're showing them working out, trying to be healthy, right? But when you when you got like models, like I don't know, I I, I could see both sides of it. I just don't like how the, it's they're like putting them on a pedestal as if like it's okay to live your life this way, and it's not. You can't just you can't be unhealthy. I mean, dude, let me tell you right now, I am forty one, right? Mm-hmm. And I, the last time I trained to lean out, I, so I've done this like five or six times where I've leaned out like pretty, pretty lean. The first yeah. time was for a show. And then, you know, then it was yeah. you know, bulk lean, bulk lean, bulk lean. Right. Last time I tried to do it, my coach was like, yo, man, like you're cheating on your meals. I'm like, what do you mean I'm cheating? 
because he, he handled my nutrition and my workouts, everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, man, like I'm not. And I really wasn't. I wasn't cheating. I was I was eating what I was told when I was told. And he's like, dude, your body, your body's not responding. And we've done this several times before. I know how you respond. Mm-hmm. My body wasn't responding. I got my testosterone tested. I got it, and it was low. I mean, it was definitely like it was. It wasn't low enough. I think clinically low was like below 300. I was like 400 something. Okay. And I'll tell you that that since that time, I was still lean. Then I was like single digits lean, mm-hmm. but I wasn't responding the way that I used to. Mm-hmm. And I took a couple of years off. When my son was born, and now I'm I'm thicker for sure. Mm-hmm. Obviously. No comment. You you just hit mm-hmm. thick so thick yeah. Like, like thick can't just, call other people thick. Yeah, rotund. <laughs> yeah, rotund. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll tell you right now. Being at this way, I think I'm probably just under two fifty. Mm-hmm. Probably two forty something. And my my stage weight was like one eighty something, which was too lean for a guy at six five. And my walking around was like two ten, two fifteen. Okay. I can tell you unequivocally, it's super, super difficult for me right now to lean, to lean out. There's so much that goes into it, into it though, too, that I know you know about that I feel like a lot of people don't know about. Um, that, you know, sleep plays a huge role in this. And stress and all those other things. And stress and letting your body recover. It's not, so I think some people have the misconception of like your workouts need to be balls to the wall. It doesn't, it, they, don't, they don't need to be. All I'm saying is this, is my mom has been overweight the overall majority of her life at this point. Okay. Okay. My sister, Lisa, who, ne- who never listens to the show, so fuck you very much, Lisa, you'll never hear this. Oh, no. Um, she, no, I love my sister. I'm not death. co-signing anything he's about no, to No, no, she, she's always just had a broader build. She's mm-hmm. always been like that girl. And I've seen her work out. She used to, she used to be a trainer. Mm-hmm. I've seen her do all sorts of crazy shit and just still not lose weight. Dude, you know though, it, it takes it takes a lot. There, it, there, it is there is a science to it. We can't deny the science behind it, right? Yeah. Well, there's also some biology at play, though. There is some biology at play. Obviously, not everyone can get stage ready in you know six months. But I mean, uh, if I had if I had Lane Norton on the show, he'd be like, "Listen, man, it, it's it's just science." You it is. To- That's I, I believe it's just science too. But also, you have to just because you can, you might be able to get yourself to that that point. Does not mean you're going to be happy, though. If you everybody gotta, else out there listening and you heard me say Lane Norton and you think that he hasn't been on the show, he has been on the show. Dr. Lane Norton has been on the he show. He has it's, been on the show. Yeah, yeah, he has been. And you guys haven't listened. So shame on you. Let's go back and listen. Go back and listen. God it was a great it. episode. It was a great episode. But that doesn't mean if, if you do follow the science and you do get there, there's a lot of sacrifices that have to be made. And it doesn't mean you are going to be happy. You want to you hear a secret? Oh, yeah. Just between you Can and you I. Can move your hand though? You touched your cross. Oh. <laughs> it's just weird me out. All right. So tomorrow, 10 a.m., I have an endocrinologist appointment uh, to go over my, my, uh, my panels again. Okay. I am seriously considering uh, a little testosterone on a weekly basis. I mean, it's, it's not, it, there's a, this negative connotation to it um, because, you know, there's a stigma to it that we've been fed. All these years, a little, a little bit, just to get you back to proper levels, is not unhealthy. Well, so, so here's a, that's the problem though. Is there, there is no the the proper level is so wide, right? What what what's the measuring unit? Uh, well, they measure free testosterone. They measure T three, T four. No, but it's like the range is like three hundred to. I know it's like three hundred to eleven hundred, twelve hundred. But what is yeah. that measuring unit? I don't know what, what it's called. Measuring unit like three hundred what? Oh, I I I don't even know. I just look at the number. But I'll tell okay. you right now, my number is. In 2017, it was like in the fives. Right. In 2019, it was like in the fours, and I guarantee you right now it's below four. So I listen. I listen to the the Mind Pump guys, um, who their podcast is amazing. If you guys don't know them, you should definitely go and check them out. 
phenomenal stuff. <laughs> but Adam, they, bro, it's because he knows you listen. That's why. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And, and we really like Sal and Justin and Doug, um, the whole team there. But listen, um, they talk about it, and it's and it's it's really sad. Like if if guys are let's say measuring the three hundred levels, and you go to get testing, you ask your doctor to. You know, uh, I'd like to get on some testosterone. They might blow you off and say, no, you're still within range. But that range is so wide. First time I went, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. First time I went, I went to, so I had that throat clearing issue. For those of you who don't, don't know me very, very well, I've had a throat clearing issue. I post about it on social media. Like I, every single day I'll clear my throat like constantly. So when you hear me in the podcast, a lot of that's edited out. But the reality is, is I tend to clear my throat pretty constantly. And that came out of nowhere. I want to say like four or five years ago. It did come out. I'll never forget. You got surgery. I had surgery to to try to stop it. I've done all, I've done everything you could possibly imagine. Seen tons of doctors, including endocrinologists before. And she was like, look like your normals are within your range is within normal. It's Mm -hmm. like, it was like four or something. It was like four thirty, four forty. And I was like, yeah, but it's at the very, very low end of normal. And I know that's dropped at least 100 or so. Mm-hmm. And I'm having an incredibly difficult time getting lean again. And she was just like, yeah, you're normal. Meanwhile, I could go across the street, literally across the street from my house. There's a, there's a men's like ageless spa mm-hmm. where they're just like, oh, you have a pulse? Okay, yeah, you look, you look tired. Here's some <laughs> testosterone. And I could do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that guy. Well, there's a, I feel like for me personally, and you and I have had this conversation off air before, um, that there's so much other things, so many other things that I have to dial in first before I could do that. Here, here's my problem, though, mm-hmm. is that I used to get up at like 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, ride a bike. I remember, yeah. Then I'd go to work, do my thing, go to the gym, come home, right? And I could do, physically, I cannot physically do that right now. And it's not because my life is more stressful, I'm getting less sleep. I always didn't sleep that well, and I Mm -hmm. always had a lot of stress. And I am doing a lot. It's true. So I look at it and I'm saying- I don't know, man. Stress levels are, it's not the same once you have a kid though. You you didn't have a kid back then. It's it's a different kind of stress. No, 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 no. For the first year and some change that Carter was born- the first like year, year and a half, I was lean as shit. Oh, I remember we had that competition in the office. Yeah, I was lean, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was, I was good. I, I was down to, I think I, I went from like mid twenties to like thirteen percent, and then down to like nine or eight or something like that. I mean, I yeah, was, yeah. I was lean, significantly leaner than I am now. Yeah, I but it's also, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? It could be a multitude of reasons, but do it. Let me know how it works, and then maybe I'll jump on. All right. Well, if you can take your hand off your crotch for five minutes, we gotta say goodbye. Um, <laughs> We got to get these on yeah. camera now so people can see that no, you're lying. I'm not lying. Like, what is, what's going on with the, the hand <laughs> gestures? Like, what, are, what are you doing? <laughs> Unbelievable. Is it, you uncomfortable? Is it hot in here or what? No, no. It's perfect. It's, it's, it is a little warm. It's cool. Like, <laughs> I understand. Like, I'm making excuses for you. It's you're fine. trying to shame just me. Just take one. I'm not trying I mean, to shame you. Pat shames himself and he's trying to shame me for Bro, I got nothing. A, a pile of cat hair in my stomach. <laughs> what are you talking about right now? I'm going to shame myself. All right. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Saeed is going to go home now. Yes, I will. Or upstairs if you want to come upstairs with me. I got to watch Stranger Things with my wife. Yeah, you should. You don't yeah. control. It's so good though, right? It's, <laughs> it's so good. It can't, I know it's going to be good. All right, we're not, no spoilers for anybody else. Yeah, we'll yeah. see you guys next week. God bless. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you were listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.